Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bobby's Bites. So, this week's Parsha is Parsha's Mishpatim. And in it, there is a verse that, essentially, paraphrasing here, that says, If you see someone's donkey being crushed under its burden, under its load, then will you not refrain it? And not just somebody, it's your enemy's donkey. And so the imperative seems to be that you will help you will help the person who whose donkey is getting crushed. Right? So technically this means, right, like that a person technically this means that the person is in trouble. Right? So if their if their donkey is getting crushed by their load, then the donkey is gonna God forbid pass away, poor donkey. And this doesn't it's not just Q, right? But at, at, in those times, that's a serious price. There was no insurance for donkeys. You lost your donkey, which if it was your livelihood to carry things, that was your livelihood. Then it's a financial cost, right? So you'll, you'll, you'll incur a loss and it'll be inconvenient. So it's, it's in someone's interest for, to, to save a, a donkey, right? If it's getting crushed by its load, they, yeah. Anyways, enough about the donkey. But if you're someone who doesn't like this person, you're, you see your enemy and their donkey is getting crushed, right? Then you, you'll probably be like, well, I don't like that person anyways. So, like, good for him. But actually, actually, you have to help him. But here there's an interesting discussion because the Mechilta comes and says that if the donkey is owned by a Jew and the burden to a non-Jew then you have to help. But if the donkey is owned by a non-Jew and the burden to a Jew, then you don't have to help. Rashi says, basically, only times that you're not allowed to help. And I should say also, the Mechilta also says that in a situation where there's a donkey in a graveyard, a Kohen is not allowed to help because we know a Kohen is not allowed to get defiled by virtue of impurity that comes from a dead body. And so Rashi says numerous cases where you're not allowed, you you, you should refrain from helping. And also, instead of the Kohen is not allowed to go help a donkey when it's getting crushed by his burden in a graveyard, Rashi says that an elder should not help if it's beneath their dignity. So the, so the, the discussion that the, that the Rebbe has around this is why is Rashi really saying all the, all the things that you should refrain from? He doesn't give an, an, an instance where you, where you should help, but he's just saying these are, these are the instances where you refrain. And why doesn't he quote the the uh, same thing as the Mechilta, which is that for a Kohen, a Kohen isn't allowed to go and help a donkey that's, in the, that's getting crushed in the, grave, in the graveyard. But rather instead says, the elder who is beneath their dignity. And so, what the Rebbe brings is fascinating in that the whole, the, the, the reason that Rashi only brings place, the things that you should refrain from helping is because there's, in, there's less ways 
there's less ways that you should refrain from helping somebody than when you should. Meaning, there's always, you should always help somebody in case of, but in these events, you're allowed to, to, to excuse yourself. Because otherwise, we would, we would simply excuse ourselves from, from doing it. We would find an excuse to not do it. But this comes to teach us something more. Because when it talks about that you should refrain from helping, the Mechilta is saying that you should refrain from helping a, a, a person, who a donkey who is owned by a non-Jew, but whose burden is carried by a Jew, comes to teach us something about ourselves. And that is that our body is like a donkey. And when it's owned by a Jew, you help it. You help, you, you, you help save the donkey. But when it's owned by a non-Jew, you don't help. Why? Because the burden that it's carrying is the Jew, is the soul, is the essence of ourselves. And what this means is sometimes we get caught up in activities or we get intrusive thoughts about certain things. And one might say, well, the way you should go about your thoughts, about these intrusive thoughts that, that are negative, that are owned by a non-Jew, so to speak, or an action that's owned by a non-Jew, meaning it's not you, this isn't who you are. How you should go about that is you shouldn't help it, you should refrain. You should refrain from helping. Why? Because the donkey is taking you somewhere where you don't want to be, where you are being someone who you don't want to be, who isn't you. And therefore, when you engage in, in an activity that is unbecoming, you become unbecoming. You become owned by a non-Jew. And that's why Rashi says that an elder beneath the dignity, because we should recognize that certain things are beneath our dignity. That there's, that there's a level of self that we have that is above stooping into certain actions or thoughts or speech because they're, 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 they're just not indicative. They're just not uh, reflective of who we are as, as, as Yidin. That we should engage in, in, in certain activities is, is beyond that, Right? And sometimes we might get mis the mistaken idea that in order to stop thinking about the thoughts that we don't want to think about, we have to think about those thoughts. But what happens when we think about those thoughts? They fester, they grow more. We know that with respect to people who are going through depression or who, who have, have depressive episodes or, or people with respect to anxiety disorders, that a lot of it stems from rumination, from thinking. Either thinking too much about the past or thinking too much about the future. So depression generally about, about the past or being anxious about the future and that might lead to a depression in the present. And people for having anxious episodes or anxious disorders is thinking, about, is thinking too much about, about the future and what that might hold and as a result being scared about it and so what does that mean meaning that when you think about a, th a negative thought comes into your head about some something that you've done 
in the past. And so by you so you're going to try and work it through. Well, some people, I'm saying in, in, in the case of depression, in the case of continuing and perpetuating the, the depressive symptoms, right? So you have a thought that's immediately depressing. And then, you, then you're going to say, well, how do I kick that thought out of my brain? Well, I'm going to think about that thought. Well, that doesn't really make sense, right? Because it's the same thing that kind of brought you here. They say in, an, in AA that you can't trust your best thinking. Why? AA is Alcoholics Anonymous. So they say in an AA, you can't trust your best thinking. Why? Because your best thinking got you here to, to Alcoholics Anonymous. Meaning, you have, to, you have to talk to a sponsor, somebody who has been through this, been through the program, and can tell you that your, your, your thinking is pathological, that this thinking that, is, that, you're, that you're doing is actually taking you in a downward spiral that's going to make you drink or going to make you mess up or become depressed or further your depression. So what, what do you do? You stop. You refrain from thinking. It's obviously easier said than done. This is, this is a challenge and this is part of becoming a, a mindful individual, a bainani, the intermediate man, as the Altarabba says. Right? And with respect to anxiety, you have this happens specifically with panic disorders, that people who have a panic attack because something is immediately anxious, whatever that is. So if they have a panic attack, let's say outside, and maybe it's, the sh- it's a shopping mall. So they have a panic attack in the shopping mall. And then they say, you know what, I now am associating panic attacks. Well, this is not something that happens consciously, but it, it does happen that you'll say, you know, what, I don't want to go to shopping malls anymore because I really had a bad experience with shopping malls and now I've become anxious about going to shopping malls. Well, what happened probably was an anxious experience in the shopping mall, right? So maybe you didn't have enough money. Maybe there was, you were, there was too many people. Maybe, uh, you know, you, 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 you thought about something distressing in, in, in the shopping mall. And that then led you to have an, a panic attack. So now you're associating getting a panic attack with, with shopping malls. And so then you might be walking in a parking lot of something that's similar to a shopping mall. Maybe it's a grocery store and then you'll get a panic attack with respect to, 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 uh, within the parking lot. So then now you're associating parking lots with, with panic attacks until finally this, this kind of cycle goes on until you are agoraphobic. What that means is, God forbid that anyone should be, but that they, that they literally don't leave their house. That's, the person doesn't leave their house because they've now associated everything with the ability to have a panic attack there. And therefore, they're scared of going there. But the truth is, how do we, how do we, how do we get there? How, how do we get there? We get there by, in this case, the opposite right? You're getting scared of doing something. So, you, so you're refraining from doing something, but herein, it's unbecoming of you. You have to go and take on the world. So in this instance, you have to go save your donkey. You are the donkey and the donkey is being carried by a non-Jew. It's being carried by, by intrusive thoughts. It's being carried by thoughts that aren't you, that are making you fearful of the world. And so because you refrain then from taking your donkey out, you're now being scared of the world and then you don't live. Your donkey doesn't live. You're, you're shackled in the house.
Whereas in the opposite, with respect to depression, your donkey is being carried is also being carried carried by a non-Jew, and you're helping it. You're helping the non-Jew the non-Jew carry it. It's not you, and as a result, you are getting bogged down. You're getting pulled down. So here, and Rashi gives us the instance. Rashi gives us instances where you where you don't help. Where when it's beneath your dignity. But here in also, it's beneath your dignity to, to let the world control you with respect to anxiety. And it's beneath your dignity to let your thoughts control you, to let yourself be subjected to depressive episodes. And therein also, it's, you, you, it is beneath your dignity to, to let your priest, the priest within you, as the Rebbe talks about, there's a Kohen Gadol within each and every one of us, to let the Kohen Gadol be in, in the graveyard, to be, to be subjected to impurity. So Rashi doesn't mention it at all, because you, you, you will never be in that situation where, where, you're, where, you're, where you're in death. And so, I, I think it's an amazing takeaway that we have to understand, that we have to understand who's the one that's controlling us, who's the one that's driving us. And that we have to refer that even if it's the enemy, what that means is even if that we don't want to do something that it seems like, oh, uh, how could I, how could I not think about these thoughts? How could I, how could I not do the things that I'm doing? Right. It's so, it's so in, either enjoyable or it's, or it seems like the right idea. Right. And the enemy is to refrain from doing, from doing that or the, the like, Right something like that, or, or to do something. And so the imperative here is, I think, for me, is that, and I think it's clear, is to understand what, what is driving you. What is driving the donkey? Is it you? Or is the Jew driving the donkey? Is, is, the, is, is, it, is it really you? Or are you controlled by something that isn't you, that's unbecoming, that's, that's beneath you? And to be mindful of, of, of really who is owning the body right now. And I think L'chaim, L'chaim, that we should be aware of who, of who we are and, and what is becoming of us and what is beneath us.